Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am not a crusty crab. Ah, yes. Let me apologize for my late arrival, but it is time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox. I cannot believe how hard this job is to do sometimes. Like, it just, it's really, it's really ridiculous. It's just a show. It's barely a show. Honestly, if you want to know it all, it's it's barely a show. I, uh, I'm running late. I actually got interrupted, um... By I had some people at the house. I got interrupted uh, in my normal flow of doing things, and I am not one of those OCD people. And I don't mean like those people, but like I am not somebody that's OCD. But I do have an order in which I do things, not because my brain will go, but because I'll forget stuff. It's one of the reasons that like I'm meticulous is too strong a word but it's one of the reasons i'm very particular about the order in which i do things because if you do things in the same order it's it's much more difficult to forget a step now i can do it believe me i can do it but it's it's just it's just important like i forgot actually i had to turn on like this computer right here in order to use this camera and i forgot to pull the curtain down like i had the banner the banner was good my banner i got to do something about this light here I think that's coming from there. I mean, sorry, that, I think that's coming from there. I don't know which light it is. What I really need is a production assistant, like somebody who knows what they're doing. Like, if you ever watch, like, a real podcast and stuff like that, like a production-level podcast, like in a studio, they don't have these kind of problems. Also, everything's all set up to work, which is something I am completely unfamiliar with. But anyway, I apologize, and that's my excuse. But I am here now. I believe I'm broadcasting. Uh, hopefully, the chat will tell me if I'm not broadcasting and just talking to myself because it's not like that hasn't happened before. So we'll just kind of make sure we we keep going. I have so much stuff to talk about. Like I, I have screwed up so royally today. I also didn't I didn't completely pull the music I was supposed to do today. I'm going to try and do that during the show. So. Just bear with me a little bit, I suppose. Um, man, I had stuff I wanted to talk about, too, and I totally forgot all about them. Uh, I was going to talk about my, my my earbuds. You see this? My Minuendo earbuds. I was actually going to talk about them, but I guess I can talk about it next week because I don't have them with me right now. Um, not a sponsor. Uh, I was going to talk all about customer service, so I guess I could just put that file. This is how we file here at the box. I'm going to put... This file over here. Yay. All right. So we can do some basic housekeeping, right? Um, so last week, oh, the Top 20 is out today, the brand new episode of Top 20, episode 69, Get Your Mind Out of the Gutter. Uh, it's just a number in between 68 and 70. Uh, whatchamacallit, we were doing about, uh, we were talking about all the Chris Rock stuff and all that other stuff. I thought it was actually a pretty good episode, so, I mean, I recommend checking it out, but I'm the host, it's my show, I always recommend checking it out. 
And, of course, check out all the good things going on over at StrangerHood TV, like they're doubling up on their bacon this month, which is just bananas because it's like way, way too much, way too much bacon. Um, so they're... Okay, so their full interview with Lauren from Beard Al Podcast is already at podcast is out. <laughs> and Haley Michelle is the paranormal princess. That one's out too. They have seven questions with Alex Bean, who I don't know, and seven questions with Michael Scarabino. Is that the Scarabino from from like here, like formerly of Scarabino? Like I know Michael. Uh, and Quiet, I think that's his band, yeah, with the exclamation point. That sounds familiar. Check that out. Obviously, I'm a little far behind because I have not checked that out. I actually took a rare opportunity to go out uh, last night and see a band. I caught uh, just, just I, I was able to get in and get out for the Crash Transit, crash transit set last night at KJ Farrell's. It's always good seeing them. Um, I have to say, like, I, I've always thought the same thing about about that band uh, it's it's my buddy Jimmy G's band if you don't know um, or his other band uh, and Phil um, who I'm just drawing a blank on his last name I'm sorry I'm just having a real tough thing tough t- tough morning uh, pulling my stuff together usually I'm a little more focused if you can believe that uh, but the thing with uh, Crash Transit that I always find very interesting is that all of them all five of them are very very accomplished musicians like in their own right like they're all very very good um i'm i can't really think of an analogy to it but like if you took a band like say like dream theater where everybody is like the like one of the best at their musicianship then every time something is executed is just executed well like really really well like there aren't really Mistakes when a band like that is together, and I've always liked that about them. I liked it about the record. I liked it about the performance and stuff. But it was really nice to actually just be able to get out, and at the risk of sounding like a 98-year-old man, the fact that it was at 7.45 on a Wednesday made it actually possible. I actually had to thread the needle between work meetings. I finished work, and I, and I got out, and I was able to go, and then I was able to get back just in time for another meeting. And it just it just kind of worked out, you know. I'd like to go to those things more often because I like these bands and I sure, certainly like supporting them. Uh, but I realized when I was there, like it, it's been since pre-COVID, since I've been at KJ's, it's been a very very long time. Uh, and of course, they've all but canceled the Long Island Rock Unplugged thing there, so they're not they're just not doing that anymore. So I haven't been down there in a while. But it was good to get out and it was good to see those guys. Uh, I do highly recommend checking out um, Crash transit if you get the if you get the option I, uh, but that is why uh, that is one of the reasons why one of the myriad reasons why I did not get to do any of the prep for the hard drive lunchbox today so pardon me I will make it up to you next time probably not uh, so that's that uh, upcoming shows um, we are going to be quiet for a little while. Uh, Revel 9, that is. Uh, we have something brewing for June 25th. I put out a save the date. I would highly recommend if you are a Revel 9 fan to do that. Uh, we're going to be doing something probably once in my lifetime that I'm going to do. Uh, something Revel 9 has never done before. Something I don't expect Revel 9 ever do again. And we're going to make an evening out of it. So uh, any true, any Revel 9 fan, like I really think, should be there. It'll be. It'll be cool, and we'll make it worth your while. So just mark that on your calendar, if you can. That would be appreciated. Uh, and our next live show looks like it's going to be in July. It's going to be in Queens, um, but I will keep you posted on that as well. Details are literally unfolding today on that one. 
So I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, for everybody that's a big fan of the Jersey Shore Fest, I have confirmation from Spags that it's actually not happening this year. Um, that's unfortunate. I wish that wasn't the case. I don't think that it's dead. I do think it's possibly going to resurface maybe the following year. I heard from Spags, who is now not in Jersey anymore, uh, but he is basically saying like it's really hard to get these clubs to kind of do this, especially for free, because they're all still really struggling, and they need a really good, solid summer to kind of pull this back together. So I expect maybe 2023. I messaged Motor Media to see if they, you know, if Indian was going to do anything specific either. I have not heard back from them, but at least I heard back from Spag. So, of course, I'll keep you posted. It's one of my favorite shows of the year, too, so I will let you know. But it looks like it is a no-go for 2022, which is the opposite of this sound. Right. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So, yes, the chat is good. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, good. Uh, what else? Blah, blah, blah. So that's it. Yeah. So Top 20 is out today. Please like, uh, subscribe, and share. Uh, again, I'm going to start pushing that a little bit more um, with social media, like probably even advertising just to see what happens with it. Who knows? Anytime I seem to share it effectively, I get a lot more feedback on it and a lot more views. So it might be worth doing. Um I'm still. I would be very happy to, to, um, very happy to take on like a social media director, but I can't afford to pay anybody, so probably not going to get a social media director because that's how that goes. <laughs> Woo! Everybody working for free at the box. Working for free at the box. Um, so I, I did kind of get some news. Um, I mean, there was a couple things, obviously, just to follow up, like in the whole. Will Smith, Chris Rock thing looks like it's dying out now, which is kind of what you would expect. A week of sensationalism, and of course, once we talk about it here on the box, does it even exist? Probably not. Uh, Will Smith has formally apologized, all that other stuff. He's resigned from the Academy, as he should. Uh, the funniest thing I've seen in relation to it, I guess it was at the Grammys over the weekend, where LeVar Burton introduced the comedian Nate uh, Bargatze, and he said, like, okay, up next is a comedian. So you know what that means, you know. Everybody, please stay in your seats and keep your hands to yourself. And then Nate Bargatze came out in a big, giant helmet. <laughs> because that's what comedians have to do now. And I thought that was funny. I definitely thought it was too soon, but, like, I like too soon. Like, that should have been immediate. Like, honestly, if somebody had come out later on at the Oscars with a big helmet on, like, I would have been laughing my ass off harder than I was laughing at the Jada joke. But that's just me. Um... I don't need to get all super political, but in social and I guess it's kind of political news. Um, the governor of Michigan, who, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, who is a Democrat, she was the one that was actually the target of a, what are those, militias? Like, they had a plan to, like, kidnap her? Like, does anybody remember that? Well, that's that's Gretchen Whitmer. She's, she's the uh, Democratic governor of Michigan. Um, she's actually doing a really, really good job. And... What she's doing right now, I found to be interesting, and the only, and it's really the only reason I'm bringing it up. Um, as you know, like whatever your take is on uh, abortion in this country, like whatever side you're on, like it's not for me to, it's not for me to say. And that's always been kind of my position. Like I have my position, you can have your position. I tend not, I tend to not tell people what to do. I just tell them what I think and uh, kind of let them roll with that. Um, but a lot of states, uh, in fact, it even says here. 
Texas, Arizona, Kentucky, and Idaho have moved to restrict abortion access in their states. On Tuesday, and this was a big one, on Tuesday, the Oklahoma legislature gave the green light to a bill that would make performing an abortion a felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison. The only exception to the proposed legislation is the life of the... uh, is, is if the life of the mother is in danger, right? So that's no exceptions for rape or incest. That's no uh, pre-heartbeat exceptions, none of that stuff, right? They're just saying flat out, uh, you get pregnant and you get an abortion, that's a felony. So apparently the father is fine. The father can just, like, blah, dump inside whoever he wants. See, I'm a big believer that if you... If you impregnate a woman, that she has the right to actually just ask you for $10,000. Like, why don't we do that? You know, I think condom sales will go through. But that's, that's my take. You know, aside from whatever I believe about abortions and stuff like that, I just think the incredible uh, d- disparity of, uh, or inequity of, of blame is just, is just absolutely tremendous. Like, you're absolutely forcing a woman to do something with her body. As someone... Like that has you know has always been taught like you just you can't force a woman to do stuff with her body right like that's you know on one side that's that's rape <laughs> that's uh, literally and then, besides I have a teenage daughter like you have any idea how hard it is to force a woman to do anything hey come on all right, all right. let me get an applause for that yeah <laughs> anyway that's that's my take but I just I just find it I just I just find it remarkable that. It, Everybody just land like uh, everything just lands on the woman like it's all the woman's fault like, I, <laughs> like health is still required in school right like we know how babies are made like you need a little bit of that magic juice to <laughs> to form one of those babies you know where that comes from it's so funny that the, so many of the people that are still arguing this kind of stuff are are the same people that are like really upset about defining a you know a man and a woman versus a male and a female like it. Yeah, it takes a male. It takes a male to make a baby. Still. Feels like there should be some punishment on that side if we're going to do this. But no, let's just keep punishing the women because it's the 1800s and this is Salem, Massachusetts. Why not? Anyway, what I actually liked about what I was reading today, or read very briefly, is um, so Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced on Thursday, that's today, for those of you playing at home, that she is requesting that the state's Supreme Court make a decision on the constitutionality of abortion. Now, there is no case pending in the Michigan State Court, but Michigan is a very purple state, and even though they have a Democratic governor, there is a lot of right-leaning and ideological-leaning people in Michigan, and the reason she's doing it is thusly. Uh, according to uh, Whitmer's, Whitmer's office, she's using a power she has as governor known as the executive message to request that Michigan's Supreme Court take the question of whether the procedure is constitutional out of the state's trial courts and make it its own decision. Quote, if Roe is overturned, which I guarantee, I guarantee you is coming. Absolutely. Because you want to talk about activist judges, you have years and years and years of precedence, and now they've just appointed a bunch of judges that don't agree with years and years and years of precedence, and they want to do it that way, so they're going to change the law of the land. By the way, that is the definition of activist judge. So whatever you've just heard about Kentaji Brown, 
She's not an activist judge. She just didn't answer the way that they wanted. She didn't answer the way the Republicans wanted. So they've labeled her as such. An activist judge is somebody that actually takes the law and takes precedent and decides they don't like it personally and are going to do something else. So if anybody asks you what an activist judge is, feel free to tell them you heard about it on the Hard Rock Lunchbox and you can say what I just said and you'll be 100% right in the face of somebody dumber than you are. Yeah. All right. So... We can just go with that. All right. Anyway, so she keeps going. Uh, quote, if Rose overturned, abortion become illegal in Michigan in nearly any circumstance, including cases of rape and incest, incest and deprive Michigan women of the ability to make critical health care decisions for themselves. That's fair, right? Get the state Supreme Court to decide what's, what's on it. And the reason it's a problem is, let me just find it. Um, So, because on the books in Michigan uh, is this. In Michigan, a 1931 law criminalizing abortion, except when the life of of the mother is at risk, is still in the books. However, the 1973 landmark abortion case, Roe v. Wade, blocks 1931 law and legalizes abortion in the state. Now, that is super, super important. And to be perfectly honest, I don't necessarily have a problem with states being able to make these decisions for themselves but it's not exactly a state's rights issue because it's a citizen's issue which makes it a federal issue like you can go back and forth like the federalist papers but this wasn't specifically mentioned in it so it's up for interpretation but when roe v wade came out in 73 a lot of states had rules on the books about abortion and they just became null and void so if roe v wade is overturned which like i said probably by the end of this session or this term it's going to be all those laws magically come back into effect and that's super dangerous uh people are talking like in texas about the the recent law about how you're able to um you're able to, private citizens are able to sue anyone that aids in an abortion, which is a bananas workaround, the, the law, but it's completely legal. Like, and, and legal not in the sense that it's good, legal in the sense that that's how the law works, right? Sometimes things aren't the way you want it, but if that's the way the law is written and that's the way the law is interpreted, then that's the way the law goes, right? Like, you know, you have like dry counties still in Nebraska and Oklahoma. There's stupid laws in the books. If you ever watch those things, like you're not allowed to table dance on a Saturday afternoon or whatever. You know, whatever the rules are. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know, because I'm not a lawyer, I don't know how all these things get in there, but I do know that you have a law and then you can have another law that count, countermands it. But, like, you have to kind of go through these things. So people in Texas, like all these groups, all these women's groups are complaining in Texas, like, what are we supposed to do? And, like, all the states around them are now outlawing abortion. So people that do require abortions, especially in the case of rape and incest, can't, can't, get, can't get one. And my answer to that is, like, yeah, man, that's kind of too bad because that is where you're living and you need to do more to do that, to, to, to handle that situation in your state. And I don't want to put the blame on the victim. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying, what did you expect was going to happen? Like, they've been trying to do this since 1973. Like, how much warning do you actually need? And I think it's really smart that somebody like uh, Gretchen Whitmer is actually kind of being proactive about it and really wants to address it before this comes down because the writing is absolutely in the wall and, the you know, the, the tea leaves are definitely showing it. There is no way 
this the, this six three court is going to not overturn at least most of Roe v. Wade. So that is gone. That is why states like New York are looking into like adding a constitutional amendment to our state constitution to protect those rights. And honestly, I think it's fine. Like my my stance, like I said, has always been like if you don't want an abortion, don't get one. Like you don't want a tattoo, don't get one of those either. And people are like, oh, we got to fight for you know children's lives and whatever unborn babies. Like listen. If you honestly think that there's not other babies and children and people that need your help, then you're just not paying attention and you're being a huge hypocrite. And if you're worried about the kingdom of God not accepting these people, nobody needs you to save their soul. Nobody. Nobody needs you specifically to do it. Like, that was Jesus' job. And if you want to be a complete asshole about it, and you know I'm totally up for the challenge, the whole deal, like, Jesus died for your sins. You read the Bible, Jesus died for your sins. You're covered. If you're worried about the kingdom of God, that's my take on it. I don't have a direct line with Jesus, but like, you know, we speak every now and then. Like, he's in a couple of songs, and like, uh, he's a good dude. Or chick, or whatever. I don't really know. It's kind of an androgynous thing. It's not a sexual relationship at all. But listen, it's important to keep in mind, like, what's going on here. And I did not have any intention of spending the entire Top 20 talking about abortion rights. What I really wanted to talk about was my incredibly bad uh, experience with Amazon customer service earlier today. And I wanted to talk about uh, Elon Musk, <clears throat> excuse me, Elon Musk and Twitter. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think Elon Musk is a huge, huge asshat. Like, I really do. I appreciate some of the stuff he does, but as a as an individual and as a person, he's literally the plutocrats that are ruining a lot of the country. And we can talk about that because I printed out a lot about his bullshit on Twitter because he's talking about how he wants free speech to be, like, absolute and stuff like that. Like, yeah, man, we all do, but we also need free speech to not be lies, slanders, and all those other things, stuff that Elon Musk likes to play in. I mean, he has literally slandered hundreds of people on Twitter. You're not allowed to do that. Like, he called one of the dudes that, like, rescued a child in the, I think it was, like, the Thailand caves or cave mining disaster, called him a pedophile on Twitter. He has 80 million followers. What happens if I have 80 million followers and I'm like, you know, Elon Musk is a pedophile? Now, I have seven followers, but, like, if I'm just like, hey, man... I, I heard he's a pedophile, and I keep saying that. You think that's going to be good, or you think that's going to be bad, or is that just my my right to say it? I'm not saying it sarcastically. I'm not saying it uh, in a parody way. I'm telling you, Elon Musk is a pedophile. How's that? Free speech? Of course. Is it protected free speech? Nope. And that is the thing that Twitter has been trying to do. And now that he's a 10% stakeholder in Twitter, people are calling to have him reinstate Donald Trump so Donald Trump can go on and complain and whine and bitch about how the, the election was stolen for him from him in 2020, even though there is still no evidence in every single court case has been thrown out. So even if you're not a believer uh, in that sort of thing and you don't believe in like, you know, and you're a true believer of like that the election was actually stolen. Just realize that there are absolutely no facts and evidence. So you might as well go ahead and believe in a flat earth because that is just as likely. In fact, even more likely because flat earth stuff has never actually been to court, but all the Trump stuff has. At some point, you got to stop. At some point, there are facts that we agree upon. At some point, you can't just keep shouting out stuff that isn't true, even on Twitter. But. 
I guess when you're the world's richest man, which apparently Elon Musk is, you get to say whatever you want. And that, my friends, is the world's largest problem. Because oligarchs and plutocrats and all these rich people should not really be dictating everything you think, everything you know, and shaping the world in their image. Because, honestly, most of them are assholes. And I promise I will try and be the hugest asshole I can be the moment I get enough FU money. And that is my segue for today. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Oh, sorry, Dream Theater. I did not play Central Park West at our show on Friday night. I'll be talking more about that show on Friday night because there was a lot to talk about, or at least some stuff to talk about. But I did not play Central Park West, and I kept a, and I made and I made a promise that I'm going to keep right now. Hard Rock Lunch Box. All right, I've almost got everything for the box sorted out, and it's only 12.42, but just give me a couple minutes. It'll be worth it. Probably not. Hard Rock Lunch Box. It's hard not to like Green Day. I mean, I know people that don't, but, like, I just, I don't know. They're a good band. <laughs> good songwriters. Who doesn't like a little good punk? I will say, uh, one of the things Friday night at our show at Stereo Garden... Uh, the opening band, Carve a Path, did a fast version of uh, Brain Stew. Um, Longview? Yeah, Brain Brain Stew. Why am I drawing a blank? Is it Brain Stew? Hang on. Brain Stew. This is me typing stuff out. Yeah. Right? But it's the slow... Um, I don't know. Chat, you can correct me, right? Like, you can... You can fix this um but but they did the 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 slow green day song and and they did it fast and it was so funny because in like they played it well but it ruined the song like one of the things that's so great about that song is that it's painfully painfully slow which conveys everything that they're talking about in the song but they did a good job with it anyway but yeah so so friday night this past friday night we did like our last Long Island show for a little while, uh, and we did it at Stereo Garden. We've never played at Stereo Garden. We didn't play at the Emporium. Um, anytime we played in Patchogue, we always played at 89 North, so this was the first time for us playing there. I have been there before. I actually was there one time to see Craving Strange open for Candlebox, and both bands were uh, absolutely excellent. Um, but it's a really, it's a really nice room. Uh, it's much more manageable now that they've kind of split into two different operations, uh, Burgology is right next door, which, by the way, when I was loading in, I thought the the smell off the grill of Burgology was just going to kill me. It smelled so good. Now, I am I'm trying to stay away from red meat more than I want to. Uh, I don't eat a lot of it anyway, just because I, I don't know, I just don't. Uh, but I've got to tell you, it smelled so good, it could turn 10 vegans into meat eaters. That's how good that place smelled. Now, they are not a sponsor, but I will totally recommend at least to smell the grill. Uh, my band was able to eat there before the show, but I, of course, am a loser and cannot eat before I perform. So, yeah, that's that's sort of too bad. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so the show was definitely... It was definitely interesting, like kind of all over the place. <clears throat> I I sometimes don't understand the logic of how shows get built. I and I've I've had problems with people or not problems is strong. But I've had I've had conversations with with people that have put us together on shows 
where people are like, oh, I want a real eclectic mix, or some people are like, I just want bands that I want to hear, um, you know, and uh, you know, the typical thing on Long Island is like, well, I just want to put bands together that can draw and bring, you know, people into my venue. That's that's 90% of it right there. And that's always been a big problem here on Long Island, which sucks because it's never been about quality control. And I understand that it can. Like a venue, venues' primary function are, are not venues. Wait, but there's too many plurals in there. Venues' primary functions. Yeah. Venues' primary functions are not necessarily to bring good music to you, right? They don't. That's not. Re- they're really interested in, in paying the bills. And... As we've seen, as so many venues have have uh, f- gone out of business or not been able to, you know, successfully do what they want to do, um, you know, we've seen that over and over again. We've seen that that's an important thing. If you can't keep the lights on, you know, you you kind of run out of of options, right? And if you can't keep the lights on, then there is no place to uh, to play uh, for like a lot of original acts and yeah you can make the argument like yeah you know without original acts there wouldn't be cover acts but the reality is the market out there the people that are going to see these shows there are just way more people going to see cover band shows than they are going to see original bands and that as, as we've talked about here for eight years on the box like there there's two reasons for that two main reasons right um, one is the most obvious and the one that I bitch about the most is that people are lame most people are lame. Like, whether you think so or not, most people are lame. And they're lame in a very lame way. Like, a lot of people really get tied into things that were... Things that were. We just quote it right there. The way things used to be. Like, you make the joke, like, back in my day. Like, you know, old people do it, too. But, like, younger people do it. 20s, 30s, 40s. Like, how many people, like, do you know that are like, oh, the best years were in high school? Like... Not a lot. I mean, not a lot of artists will tell you that. <laughs> you know, a lot of artists, like, you know, had kind of shitty experiences. And a lot of the cooler people that I've known over the years really had bad experiences in high school because they're cool and interesting. And cool and interesting doesn't really fly in high school, right? Like, it's not, that's not what people want. Those the, those are the people that get shoved into lockers, right? Like Jonathan Davis from Corn. Like, I don't know where he wrote his best songs, but it was probably inside a middle school gym locker. So the really cool and interesting people are not the ones that, like, are homecoming queen, uh, you know, the, the the captain of the football team. But they're, they're still, those are still a very large majority of the people. And those are the people that are sort of stuck. Like, high school was the best time of my life. College was the best time of my life. Like, those are the people that are stuck in those things. And they equate all that with the music they were listening to. It's why whenever you see, like, they never make, they don't make music anymore like they did in the 70s. And my first reaction to that is, like, good. Like, good. Like, we've got plenty of music from the 70s. Like, I am I am all set. I am all set. I've listened to every single Led Zeppelin song there is. I know almost every single, you know, song from Journey. I know all Fleetwood Mac. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, th- yes. Yeah. Okay. Thin Lizzy was the best band ever. Like, n- no. No, that's not true. And not only that, we don't need to listen to them anymore. Like, but people are stuck in that. People like, like the 80s. Oh, that was the best music. Oh, the 90s, that was the best music. It was the best music to you because it's tied to something that you think is better. And unfortunately, if your best times of your life were in high school or college, then you're probably doing something wrong now or made some severely bad choices. But, like, that's not how it's supposed to be. It really isn't. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to peak before 23, really. That's bad. That's bad. That means you're not spending your adulthood the way you're supposed to. 
And of course, there's always exceptions. I mean, I'm not talking about people that have like really bad situations and hit really hard times. Those are different. I'm talking about your regular person just going about doing your day stuff. You get together with their buddies. They're 45 years old. They're going to watch the sports games on Sunday. And I already did my rap about sports teams last week. But they're and they're just going to talk about how great things were in high school. And they're going to talk about the best music ever. And they're going to put on. I don't know. Magic Carpet Ride. I don't even know what they listen to, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, the Almond Brothers Band? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. But I do know that here on Long Island and in a lot of the, uh, the country, a lot of people are tied to those older bands, those cover bands. That's why they do so well. Um, despite how unwell I thought the Osmosis had drawn, draw, drew, drew Friday night, like they still drew. I mean, and that's... They weren't playing any new Ozzy, you know what I mean? Like, that's... <laughs> but I, I will talk about that in a few minutes. But anyway, so I started saying something, and of course I forgot. Uh, so that's that's problem number one about why cover bands uh, do so much better than original music out here on the island specifically. And the second one is one that a lot of people don't talk about all that much, all that much in public. They do talk about it an awful lot in private, and I would never out anybody, of course, but it's definitely conversations that I've had with other bands, lots of other bands, in fact, and, lot, and lots of other promoters as well, is that most Long, Island's ban- Long Island bands just aren't as good as they think they are. And that's a real, real problem. Because a lot of cover bands aren't as good as they think they are either, but they're able to sail by on the fact that people just love drunk singing their songs. You know, sometimes people just love to sing Stone Temple Pilots at the top of their lungs. I'm definitely guilty. I was singing No More Tears for sure on Friday night. Um, but, like, I had just been talking about the goddamn song, so I was in the total mindset for it. But the reality is it's that the best bands really are so much better than a lot of the options that are out there. So if you're an original band and you're not playing a song that everybody already knows because all the marketing and all the radio play and all the other stuff has gone into that and you also don't play well, people aren't going to like you. And people really shouldn't like you. You'll be limited to your best friends, your girlfriend or whatever, and that's that's fine. If you're not going to do the work and write better songs and execute stuff really well, then that's that. I, everyone within the sound of my voice can think of a band right now off the top of their head that is not nearly as good as they ought to be. Because, you know, some original band is not nearly as good as they ought to be because there's hundreds of them. Literally most of them. Most of the Long Island bands that we play with are, they really don't, they really shouldn't even be commanding a stage. And I can say that across the Northeast and all the shows that we've played with, most most often there's at least one band that's just like, did you guys just get your instruments today? Like, they're just not good. And that's okay because you have to start somewhere. But that is one of the problems that people don't want to talk about. Like, original music can't really draw because original bands aren't that good. You know? It's only so long you can rely on your friends to come to your shows and stuff like that. And, you know, we found that out. I found that out very difficultly, <laughs> you know, early on. Like, oh, man, I thought we were a really good band. No, I'd rather just do this other thing. Like, I'm going to binge watch Dexter. It's like, all right, we'll see you later. 
And that's the difference between friends and fans. I mean, yeah, friends you can count on. Like, if I'm ever like, look, I really need you to come to this show, like, I'll get a much bigger turnout because I can lean on friends and, you know, friends that are fans and stuff to do that sort of thing. But if it's just a straight fan show, I mean, we did not draw particularly well. In fact, we drew, we underdrew from what I was expecting uh, on Friday night show. I actually thought it was going to draw a lot harder. And it didn't. I mean, I had cancellations that day, which always always blows like i just because there's nothing i can do about it like i had sold all my tickets and stuff like that and then i had cancellations but like you know i know it's far and i know it's a hike but like you know people don't necessarily want to just come see us all the time and i and i get that especially you know a lot of the stuff we were getting is like patchog really is that even on the island i'll just wait till you play mulcahy's again like that's actually stuff that was said it's like i don't know when we're gonna play mulcahy's again but Thanks. I mean, I guess our draw in Wanta is going to kick some serious ass next time. That's fantastic. And to be fair, it really did. We drew way better at McClay's than we did at Stereo Garden. I guess that happens. But, like, that's kind of the problem. And there were a lot of bands that just did not draw in a very big room. We had six bands. And I got to tell you, like, I, I could argue that at least between us and Pathmaker that we outdrew the headliners. I, I think that's true. And that was very, very surprising because I expected Osmosis to draw a whole lot and they just didn't. But I am very grateful for everybody that did make the trek out there. Thank you so much, as always, for supporting Rebel 9. And it's always just great to have people like that and people like you in the audience. It makes this show way more fun and like i can't stress that enough and i probably can't say it enough so that's why i keep saying those things but thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come see us and support us it really it means the world to me i know it means the world to the band and i've talked an awful lot so i will get into some of the other weird shit that happened at friday night show kind of after this definitely one of the highlights of the night for me and probably everybody in the room was of course Pathmaker. they are a very good band james is a tremendously good front man and uh man his songwriting definitely on point i cannot seem to get enough of this song it's uh yeah oh it's over there sorry it's on the right side it's race the box
Punch Box. Ah, yes, my buddy Mikey from Something Heavy and Bacon is My Podcast fame uh, messaged me yesterday asking if uh, yours truly, um, uh, the song High Hope from Yours Truly was something that I had played in the box, and I informed him it absolutely was. And I like the song so much, I decided I'd play it again. And I'll credit Mikey with it because that's what we do here on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am so conflicted by that goddamn song. It's brand new from Shine Down. It's called Saints of Violence and Innuendo. I absolutely love the bridge, which was like the show me the way to go. Like, I love that. I thought that should have been the chorus. And then it goes into this kind of off timed chorus, and it just doesn't do anything for me. And when I first heard it, like, I was at the gym and I was like, what? Why are they ruining this song? And then I was like, oh yeah, Shine Down. Like, that makes sense. But, like, Shine Down at least knows how to kind of push like really catchy stuff and i just i don't know man i haven't jury's still out for me but you can let me know on the chat if you want to join the conversations 99wnrr.com gets you into the into the pit the pit of discussion and uh, we can talk about it if you want and i'll talk about more stuff from the stereo garden show this friday but for some reason we had a request for flowbots this week and uh yeah man why not it's only the hard rock lunchbox flowbots for sure all day hard rock lunch box
All right, time to bring the show to a screeching halt again. Uh, something I really did actually want to talk about in the top 20 today and didn't. Uh, and this is political, but it's political in the sense that it's geopolitical. I don't know how much everyone is still following what's going on in Ukraine, but Russians are doing some very, very bad things in Ukraine. And while I'm split kind of on like what that actually means, because I, in my head, I'm like, well, you're at war. Bad things are going to happen during war. And that's kind of how war goes, so don't do war. Like, that's kind of my belief. But there are international conventions that people have agreed to and signed, and we as a as a global entity have decided that certain things are considered war crimes. And those war crimes are absolutely happening in, in, uh, in Ukraine. In fact, one of the most egregious things about it is in the city of, I think it's called Bucha, uh, the Russians, they, they found, since the Ukrainians have taken back over, they have found mass graves. They have found executions of people with their hands tied behind their back and shot in the back of the head. They have found much, much uh, evidence of, of, of uh, Russian soldiers raping Ukrainian women, like, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those reports and stuff like that. But the one big thing is that they had all these mass killings and like people just shot on the side of the road and when uh they were pressed on it the russians actually said no 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 the ukrainians did that they're staged actors uh that are trying to make us look bad so the nsa actually pulled satellite footage of ukraine and actually showed the exact same bodies dead on the street when the russians were still in control so not only is that actually a war crime they're absolutely lying about it and we actually have proof of that so i would like you to kind of keep that in mind for the next 30 seconds and as you go across uh, go about your day like you know thinking about other things that are going on geopolitically because what happened yesterday is actually really kind of messed up uh and this is from reuters the house that's our house government uh the house on wednesday passed a bill that would that would direct president biden to prepare a report on the government's efforts to collect and examine evidence related to war crimes and other atrocities committed during russia's invasion of ukraine the bipartisan legislation passed the lower chamber in a 418 to 7 vote, with all those in opposition belonging to the Republican Party. Liz Cheney actually voted against it, but she, her office said she made a mistake and voted the wrong way. I have no idea what that means. I think if you're going to vote, you should be able to get it done the right way. But we've all pressed the wrong button, am I right? So maybe that's what it is. But the more telling part was the other people. So uh, Andy Biggs from Arizona, Warden Davidson from Ohio, Paul Gosser from Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Green, everybody's favorite wingnut from Georgia, Thomas Massey from Kentucky, and Scott Perry from Pennsylvania all opposed the bill. They're opposing a bill. We're not doing anything. We're just collecting the information about war crimes that are going on in Ukraine because at the end of this conflict, there's probably going to be a trial at the Hague because... There are very definitely war crimes being committed, and I truly believe that Russian generals and maybe even Putin himself will be held accountable for these war crimes. Keep in mind, like, things happen during war. We have prosecuted our own soldiers for committing atrocities and war crimes in, in Iraq and Afghanistan because that is something we signed up to. These conventions, like the Vienna Convention, you know, like, these things matter in the international in the international world. Like, these are what separate us from complete savages of, like, the feudal time 
times of like middle uh, middle aged uh, middle age middle ages Europe and stuff like that. We simply just don't do this. Uh, but some of the reasons were just so great. Uh, last month uh, they were talking about Wednesday's vote was not the first time Big Screen and Massey opposed legislation responding to Russia Russia's invasion of Ukraine. By the way, they invaded Ukraine. Like end of story. Like whatever side you want to take on this, Russia invaded a sovereign nation to remove the government like that's that's basically what happened it's not it's not okay to do wasn't okay when we did it it's not okay when they did it so they're just saying this is not the first time but last month the trio voted against the bill to revoke normal trade relations with russia the entire world except for like two or three countries is doing this and these asshats have voted against it uh the the what does it say um the eight GOP members in opposition to that legislation have all worked to maintain close ties with former President Trump and have frequently found themselves in the far right wing of the Republican Party. In a, voice, in a video posted online, Green said she could not back the U.S. getting involved in the conflict because there are larger issues Americans are facing at home. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you. Like you're the problem, Marjorie Taylor Green. You dumb fuck. Also, uh, Last month, they voted against a separate bill that called for a ban on Russian imports uh, and additional sanctions against Russia in response to its invasion of Ukraine. Like, these are people that are actively voting in pro-Russian ways, and these are sitting Congress people in the House of Representatives. Like, when are we going to wake up and get rid of these people, or at least recognize that they're representing people that think the same way? There are not just, like, one kind of Americans. There are Americans that we don't need anymore. If they're such big fans of Russia, like, hey, man, have at it. Go fight in Ukraine. Go fight in Ukraine. Go get yourself killed. That would make me much happier. Marjorie Taylor Greene is so badass, she should go fight for Russia in Ukraine. That, nothing would make me happier than that. But I'm done talking about that now. So I realize I ruin the show for everybody when I do that. And the only way I can think of off the top of my head to bring everybody back up to a good mood is to play one of the best songs from last night's show, in my opinion. Uh, the Crash Transit performed. It was legend, and it was awesome. It's happened yet again in America. Another deadly school shooting. Three students killed, at least eight others injured, including a teacher. The suspected gunman is in custody. He's 15 years old. The 58th shooting on school grounds this year.
that sounds like a really good deal. But I think I got a better one. How about I give you the finger and you give me my hard rock lunch box.
remember reading somewhere, like a post or a comment, and somebody had asked about the guitar solo in Central Park West uh, and asked if it was actually two guitars. It's actually four. <laughs> if you want to know the truth, it's a four-part guitar solo. Uh, which is why Kaz has so much tr- trouble trying to do it live. We had actually considered maybe just doing the full duet, but it leaves a lot of the bottom end open. And honestly, that riff, that little gallop that, that Central Park, Park West is, is based around, I've, I felt personally was too important to the song. So my executive level decision was to play rhythm on it and let Kaz do his best on the solo, which he does a good job. But like, do keep in mind, it is a four part guitar solo. And I am, yeah, I'm absolutely that big of a dick in the studio to do something like that. <laughs> it is not uncommon for me to just do something and be like, all right, now figure out how to do it. Like, like this is the way I want it to sound. Like, all right, good luck with that. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, it's so funny. Uh, one other thing about the show from Friday night I just want to point out. Uh, the second band was late going on. We had 15-minute turnovers, but the second band was late going on because as they were trying to set up, first of all, they were so ridiculously unprepared and unprofessional. It was remarkable even to me. Uh, but they were, and they were out uh, smoking bongs in the back uh, of the place and uh, getting all messed up. And they actually asked my guitar player, George, excuse me, Kaz, uh, to uh, if they could borrow his cabinet, a cabinet he didn't have, and the cabinets that we were all sharing were actually already on stage, so that was kind of funny. But then they lost their guitar player for about 15 minutes, and as often as I wish I could lose my guitar player for like 15 minutes, I am way too professional to do something like that. So that was kind of a fun story. And then when they went on, they weren't exactly everyone's cup of tea. Although their fans loved them, and that's awesome. And they were awesome when we played, so like absolutely no slam. I just you know think if you guys are listening, which I know you aren't, maybe just... A little, a little more streamlined on that because the bands after you still have a job to do, and that's just that's just something you need to learn coming up. Um, you want to talk about professional? I love playing with this dude. When was the last time you heard this one?
Yeah, just checking in on the chat. I totally forgot about the Virginia Virginity Rules T-shirt uh, from the one dude. Like, on one hand, like, yeah, good for you, man. Stand by your convi- convictions. But on the other hand, like, I don't know that I'd wear that to a rock concert. But that's, you know, that's just me. <laughs> oh, man, so much, so much to say about <laughs> to that show. But, uh, you know, that sound means only one thing. And you would think that would be true, but it's not. It's actually not. I'm lying right right to you, right? Because I can. Because I have the microphone, and I can honestly say whatever the hell I want. It's normally your weekly craving of the week with Craving Strange, but this week it's going to be your weekly craving of the week with Jimmy's Blue Notebook. Why, you ask? I don't know. Because I'm the host, and I kind of want to hear it. And yeah, I'm going to leave the Martians in. something for sure sad sad songs don't belong in places memories hard a cold reminder of how it's too late and I wasn't there enough I still breathe someday I'll sleep And I'll just need Saving When we can't see The end A part still Hiding away When eyes Can't be Just We just hold on and try to find the line. The life goes on. All the while we find the life's just wrong. And we're not better off. I still breathe. Someday I'll, I'll sleep.
Time for us to get out of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. I know I cannot believe it either. You guys have served well. You've listened patiently, and you've been an example audience. Thank you so much for all your support always. I'm sorry we didn't get to all the nonsense that went down at the show. I didn't even get to tell you about what happened at Amazon, but that just means we'll have to tune in next week on Thursday, roughly, I'm thinking noon, 12.02, that kind of thing. And we'll just do it again. And Hopefully I'll remember. If not, you can remind me in the chat at 99WNRR. It's time to get on out of here, and believe me, you have all deserved this one. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.